Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. Hi, I'm communication and leadership skills expert Pamela Jett, and this is Dealing with Difficult People, a five-part series designed to help you discover strategies and tactics to deal more effectively with those who get on your last nerve or those people who you consider difficult or who engage in difficult behaviors. This is episode number three, and in episode number one, we discovered why difficult people are difficult and what we can and cannot do about it. In episode number two, we learned three powerful superpowers that we can use to deal more effectively with difficult people. And in today's episode, we're going to begin our discussion of language patterns and strategies and tactics that we can use on some very specific difficult personality types or difficult behaviors. Now, before I jump into some of these very specific strategies, I'd like to remind you of the question I asked you to think about during this series. This was something we talked about in episode number one, which is, how will this work for me? I'll repeat that question. How will this work for me? I'm going to encourage you throughout this session to be asking yourself, how will these tools, tips, and strategies work for me? Because not everything is going to work for you every single time. Not every single strategy is going to work with every single difficult person every single time. It's up to you to adjust and to adapt. It's also up to you to decide which of these strategies might have the greatest likelihood of working in your particular situation. Because for many of these difficult personalities or difficult behaviors, I'm going to be giving you several options to choose from. So bear that in mind. It's your responsibility to be asking how will this work and to, of course, choose a tool from the buffet of tools that I will be sharing with you. Now, the very first difficult behavior we want to address is known as the exploder. This is the person who screams. This is the person who yells. They might get right up into your face. They might use foul and colorful language. Often when they are feeling out of control or when they are afraid, they will engage in some of this inappropriate, aggressive, in-your-face, exploding kinds of behavior. Now, before we talk about what to say to the exploder, let's talk about what not to do. Hands down, the absolute worst thing you can ever say to someone who explodes is, Calm down. You say to somebody, calm down, and they are going to amp up. They're going to say back to you, you think I'm not calm? I'll show you not calm. And it will escalate. Now, some of you are probably thinking, I don't say calm down. I say chill, breathe, relax, cool it, settle down. All of those are poor choices. They have the same end result of triggering in that difficult person more hostility, more intensity. They become very defensive. I'm not yelling, or you think I'm not calm, I'm going to show you not, and it escalates every single time. So we want to avoid saying that. Now, often in live workshops, because I do teach these techniques in live events, I have people who will say to me, well, what if I say, we both need to calm down? At that moment, it doesn't matter whether you say you need to calm down, or calm down, or we both need to calm down it will have the same end result. It will make that difficult person become defensive. So it is a poor choice to use that kind of language, calm down. It's one of the worst things you can ever say to an exploding person. 
But here are some of the things that you can say. Now, as a reminder, not all of these are going to work every single time. You want to choose what works best for you. The first technique I would recommend that you try with the exploder is called do the unexpected. Do the unexpected. Now, please do not confuse doing the unexpected with doing the weird. I had a woman in one of my live workshops who got really excited when I talked about doing the unexpected. She pretty much jumped up and said, oh, I do this. And I said, well, tell me more. And she said, when somebody explodes on me, I just look right at them and I start to sing the Star Spangled Banner. Uh, that is not doing the unexpected. That is doing the weird. And of course, I had to graciously reframe it so she would understand that that perhaps was not the most effective choice, but the principle of doing the unexpected is spot on. You see, we discovered in episode number one that one of the main reasons difficult people are difficult is because it's working for them. So in the past, when an exploder has exploded, it has typically worked for them. So if you cave in, it works. If you yell back, they know how to deal with that because that works. They know this. This is their go-to approach. So some of the standard options like caving in or yelling back, they already know how to handle. But what will throw them off is when you do the unexpected and you agree with them. There's your first strategy to help them settle down. Agree with them. Now here's the piece. Imagine you are a bank teller and someone is in your line and they eventually get to your bank window and they start losing it. I can't believe that I've had to wait in line and I tried to do this online and I tried to do this in your customer service line but never and I can't believe that I've had to come in here and talk to you and then I have to wait in line. This is the worst bank ever. You've made a mistake in my checking account and it's $5 but it's not your $5, it's my $5 and they go off. And we can all identify. And by the way, if you've been a bank teller or anyone who has ever worked in customer service, you know this isn't a question of if it's going to happen. It's a question of when. So one of the best things you can ever do in this situation is to say to that person, you're right. A $5 error is a significant error. Or I agree. You have had to do more than you ought to do. Or I absolutely agree. This is a frustrating situation. Or you're right, this is a serious error and I'd like to take care of it. Do you hear how I'm choosing to agree with the seed of rationality? So if they say, this is the worst bank, bank ever, you don't come back with, you're right, we are the world's worst bank. You look for the seed of rationality in their explosion. That's one of the things about exploders is that while they may not be handling their situation very tactfully, Typically, somewhere in their tirade, there is something you can agree with. You know, you're right, this is a serious issue. Or you're right, mistakes like that ought not to happen. And it is almost like a magic wand. You can say you're right, you can say I agree, or absolutely, that is not an acceptable situation. Whatever you choose to do, you can agree with them. It is very calming. Now, some of you are probably already thinking, well, what if there's nothing you agree with? I get that then this may not be the right tool for you. But often, if you think creatively, if you simply agree, agree that it's been a challenging situation for them or agree that they have up till now received poor customer service. I agree. You have not received the kind of service that we as a bank would like to give you up to now. I'd like to remedy that. If you agree with them, it can settle them down. And you simply have to choose what to agree with wisely. So that's one strategy to use with them. The next strategy is to use this wonderful statement. It's called 
a boundary statement. And it's a technique that you can use in a variety of communication situations. We'll be using it for dealing with an exploder. And it has three parts. The first part of a boundary statement is to acknowledge. The second part is willingness. And the third part is conditions. So there's acknowledgement, willingness, and conditions. It's going to sound something like this. You're right, a $5 error is significant. There's your acknowledgement, willingness. I want to make it better. I'm not able to do that while you're yelling. There's your conditions. So acknowledgement. You're right, this is a serious issue. Your willingness. I want to help you fix it. The conditions. I'm not able to do that while you're yelling. This is a serious issue. I want to help, not while you're yelling. Or I agree, we have a serious problem. I'd like to do everything I can to rectify it, not while you're yelling. It's those three steps. You can use this with your kids. This is important to you, and I want to talk about it, not while you're whining. So you've got a whiny kid. It's the same concept. They may not be an exploder, but they're a whiner, and you can use this boundary statement. But in the case of the exploder, you simply say, this is important, I want to talk about it, not this way, or not while you're yelling. Not this way is also a really great technique to use, because if you say not while you're yelling, sometimes they'll come back with, I'm not yelling. So say not this way, and it's even more generic because it's very difficult for them to push back. Now, sometimes you have to repeat yourself with this. We call this the broken record technique. You might have to say it a few times. However, the more you say it, the more they realize that you're not going to engage with them on any problem-solving level until they make a different choice. Now, there's one other tool you can use with this difficult personality type, and it's called the boundary statements with consequences. It would be my hope that you would only need to use this in a rare occasion. So if you have an exploder who you say to, this is important, I want to talk about it, not this way, and you say that several times and they still are screaming and yelling, you can say, this is important, I want to talk about it, not this way, and I'll be ending this conversation if there's not a change. You're giving them that one last, I'll be ending this conversation. And that might be, I'll be ending this conversation, I'll be calling security, I'll be transferring this to our um, high-risk department, whatever that may be, if there's not a change, whatever the consequence is going to be if they don't stop screaming and yelling. If it's your partner at home and they're screaming and yelling, I'll be, I'm going to be walking away if there's not a change for a while. Whatever it is, or I'm going to be creating some space so we can talk about it later if there's not a change right now. That's the consequence. The key is you must be willing to execute on that consequence. So we have a few strategies we can use with our exploders. By the way, a few other things you can do with an exploder is you can take notes. When they see you writing things down, it increases the likelihood that they feel they're being taken seriously. Even if you're over the phone, you can tell them, hey, I'm taking some copious notes because this is important. And that often helps them settle down. If they use really foul or colorful language, you can sometimes ask them, hey, can you repeat that? I want to make sure I got that down. So you're asking them to repeat, and trust me, you ask them to repeat it, a lot of that foul language goes away, especially if they know you're writing it down. And even if you're not writing it down, you can still say, hey, I didn't catch that. Would you mind telling me, saying that again to me, please? Very polite, very calm, but they will often self-edit. Now, the exploder is not the only difficult personality type. There's also the steamroller. And the steamroller is similar to the exploder, except that they often stay more calm. 
You can have exploding steamrollers. Trust me, there are people who will explode and steamroll, but you do not have to be a screamer and a yeller to be a steamroller. The steamroller is the kind of personality who doesn't let anyone get a word in edgewise, who just keeps going and going and going and going. What do you do with the steamroller? Well, you let them talk. But when they come up for air, and they do, you can use this strategy. I see it differently. Tell me more if you'd like. Now, notice I did not say I disagree because that creates a confrontational approach. It's just I see it differently. Tell me more if you'd like. And then let them talk. And when they come up for air, it's I still see it differently. Tell me more if you'd like. And let them come up for air. And you say, I still see it differently. Tell me more if you'd like. And eventually they're going to figure out that no matter what they say, you still see it differently. The goal with the steamroller is not to get them to change their mind. It's for them to understand that their steamrolling of you does not get you to change yours. You're essentially letting them roll all around the floor, but you don't give up your space on the floor. Another difficult personality type that we want to talk about is the chronic complainer. The chronic complainer is the kind of person who constantly comes up and says, did you know that this is going wrong or that's not going to work or I can't believe so-and-so did such and such. And the thing with a chronic complainer is that a lot of times all they want is for someone to feel miserable with them. There's that old adage that misery loves company. A couple of strategies for dealing with a chronic complainer. Strategy number one is to ask them what they ought to do about it or what do you think they should do about it or how would they like you to handle the situation. So you ask them for their solution. So they say, oh, this is going wrong. How would you fix this if you were in my shoes? Or what do you think we ought to do about it? Or what solution do you have? And I guarantee you that a chronic complainer typically does not have a solution, but you are training them that if they come to you with a complaint, you're going to ask them what their solutions are. At first, they're going to be like, oh, I don't know, I just thought you ought to know. And when they say, I just thought you ought to know, you smile and say, well, if you have any ideas, I'd love to hear it. Have a great afternoon. Essentially, it's bye-bye. And pretty soon, they're going to stop coming to you and complaining because they know every time you ask them for their solutions and they don't have them, and you're not rewarding them with commiserating because that's what they're looking for. The other thing that you can do is you can say, this is important. I'd like to schedule a meeting so we can talk about it where you can bring your solutions. Trust me, they don't want to have a meeting. They don't want to bring their solutions if all they're looking for is a wine fest. Sometimes you're dealing with someone who's a legitimate um, critic, so to speak, of something. They're not complaining just to complain. They have a legitimate criticism of something, and then they can give you their solutions. So in this episode, we've talked about the exploder, the steamroller, and the chronic complainer. Stay tuned for episode number four, where we are going to talk about how to deal with the wet blanket, the spinner, the diverter, and the sniper. So again, I'm communication and leadership skills expert Pamela Jett. You can find me at PamelaJett.com. This has been episode number three of Dealing with Difficult People. Stay tuned for episode number four. Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.